0: hey everybody welcome to parenting impossible the special needs survival podcast i'm your host annette hines and i'm so happy you're here with us if you're just joining for the first time i am a special needs mom a special needs attorney and a best-selling author so please grab your coffee and if you're like me you might be listening in your car i spent a lot of time in the car in my day and please join us for some important discussions to help you thrive in this complex special needs world. Each week, we're going to chat with parents and experts and sometimes parents who are experts to offer compassionate advice for all stages of your life. These are the conversations you would have with your best friend if your best friend was an expert like me. Let's go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. Well, it was very exciting Oscars this year. Um, I am just thrilled, and I think we've made an incredible change and turning point in history. So I don't know if any of you or all of you or some of you have seen Crip Camp. And it is the documentary that uh, was made about Camp Gen Ed um, that operated from um, the early 1950s until, let's see, I think I'm going to get this wrong, 1977 or so, I think it was. Yeah, 51 to 77, I'm looking at my data notes here. And it was in the Catskills And many young people with disabilities uh, for the first time basically got out of their home and got out of their community and were kind of, you know, let free from their families and were experiencing uh, the outdoors and life in, um, you know, in the outdoors. So um, it was an incredibly moving film it if you are a mom or a parent like me or a sibling, um, just seeing what your child or adult child might have been feeling with that kind of freedom and awareness um, i couldn't i couldn't stop crying I'm still uh, so choked up about it, um, but to watch uh James Lebrecht and Nicole Noonan be uh, on the red carpet, and um, to you know to see somebody with a mobility device up there. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody walk the red carpet or roll the red carpet, if you will, before. Um, and and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, podcast fans, but I don't think that it's ever been done. So. Um, Crip Camp has won top documentary honors from 10 organizations, and it was an audience award winner at the 2020 Sundance Film Festival. It's really gone bananas out there. It was uh, nominated for Best Documentary Feature at the Oscars, but it didn't win. It has really, um, really broken a lot of ground and breached so many boundaries. And I hope that, and I th- really truly believe that this is a turning point for us in the disability community. And I think that we are we are really um, making a new, uh, a, we're, we're making a new trend now um, with not just watching people behind the scenes join but that's important right so now here we see writers and um directors um but i hope that we are also seeing actors so it was something that we talked about in our podcast um 2 weeks ago and i want to keep discussing this because, you know, art is life. And um, we, we need every facet of our life, whether it's art, employment, um, health, and well-being, every facet of our life has to reflect the same values and the same disbursement that it does for quote unquote typical or traditional um folks, you know we have to see that same range of people we have to we have to see the disabled everywhere it it we need to just be integrated everywhere it's it's a must, so when you see. Three people using wheelchairs and a service dog on the red carpet at the Oscars. You know, you think, yeah, I think we finally made it. We've made some headway here, so that's that's just awesome. So uh, I wanted to talk about that first because um, our podcast today is talking about the invisible wheelchair, and that's a, a different journey. That's a different conversation. So my uh, interview today is um, with Don Grotoff, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm always mangling people's names and I feel so bad about that. But Don and Gina are proud parents of three children, 22, 18, and 11, and um, Don's an author and a speaker and an EFT practitioner, a family coach. And Gina's a uh, practicing OT, that's an occupational therapist for those of you who are not in the biz. And she um, runs a, a North Carolina homeschool website. So they together have this incredible business, and um, they're their focused, healthy family business works on behavior transformation on the whole family i love it i um and i really love also gina's life journey and experiences um where she's talking about child-led learning and conscious parenting so it's uh it was a, a really awesome fascinating conversation with don um Gina tends to be kind of behind the scenes, so I didn't get to talk with her, but I'm hoping that someday I get to do an interview with Gina as well. Uh, Dawn was um, very forthcoming. It got real emotional, which we tend to do sometimes when we're talking about our kids and our life experiences. It can be really dramatic and traumatic as we're bringing through the difficult journey. And, you know, it's courageous to share the mistakes that you've made along the way as parents, but it is so generous to share that advice and to share those mistakes and those learning experiences with the rest of us. So I was really grateful to be able to have this conversation with Don and his podcast, The Invisible Wheelchair, is just exceptional this invisible wheelchair name so cool and it was given to him by uh by somebody and he'll tell you the story on the podcast about how that came to be and you know it's unique when you have a hidden disability that in and of itself is a uh, is another issue to deal with when you have mental illness when you have a nonverbal learning disability when you've got something that is not right out there in front of somebody's face, um, it can tend to be just that next level of coping that you have to do, especially as a child so that um, that conversation was really fantastic, and um, I encourage you to. Um, Head out to their website and take a look at what they've got going on at Focused Healthy Family and um, all of their uh, contact information will be in our show notes. And I really appreciate your openness and your honesty and your vulnerability, Don. This was really great. So here we go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the Special Needs Survival Podcast. Well, I'm back today talking about invisible disabilities with Don Grodhoff. I was terrified I was going to say that wrong, but I think I got it right. Did I get it <laughs> right, did, Don? You
1: did well. Okay. You did well, you know, so.
0: Welcome, Don. I'm so happy to have you here today.
1: Thank you. I, I, it's, it's neat to be here. It's, been, it's fun to talk with you.
0: So I just got to be on Don's podcast and that was a lot of fun. We laughed a lot. I'm sure we're going to have another laughing hysterical fit when we talk. Um, So first of all, Don, let's have a chat about your lovely family because we are really going to get into it because Don, like me, has the pleasure of having a family business with his wife. Yes. everybody on this podcast knows that I practice with my husband and many people look at me like I'm crazy with two heads. Like, how can you have a business with your spouse, but you're doing it too. So can you tell tell us a little bit about your family and how that family situation led you to what you do today?
1: Well, I am a proud father of three kids. Uh, I have uh, uh, my oldest is 23, my middle daughter is 19, and my youngest daughter is 12. My oldest is my son. And two of my wonderful kids um, have have dealt with severe OCD, which is a, a, a r- obsessive-compulsive disorder, which is a very extremely high anxiety disorder. Uh, and we were... Th- we were the, the, the kind of normal family up to a point where back when my daughter, such a my, thing? well, yeah, I, well, I was, I actually do a podcast on I want to be normal because I have a lot of clients that come in to me and they sit down and go, so what's, what's the issue? I just want to be normal. And I'm like, what, what does that mean? So
0: I'm sorry for interrupting. Please. No, don't. that's okay. okay. I mean,
1: we, you know, we weren't uh, as now, if you're if you're my age, you'd think of we weren't Ozzy and Harriet you know uh I don't know what now it would be the 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 family the perfect family um but but ab- about when my daughter was about nine, she had a sudden change in her personality and her whole life. She went from this bubbly little uh daddy's girl bouncy loving, laughing you know easing life to this fearful, uh sometimes demonous uh little being oh God. Um, because of OCD. And and it was it was what's called onset uh sudden onset OCD or um some people know it as pandas because it comes on yeah what seems like like a light switch just one night uh out of the blue she was it was a Saturday night and she had a friend over for a sleepover and they were having a great time. I mean, you could hear them in the upstairs in their bedroom, just laughing and giggling, have a good time. She went into the bathroom at about, about nine o'clock and came out fearful. And I, I can remember coming down and, and we were in the living room, my wife and I, and my wife, we were watching a movie or something. And she whispered something in my ear and, and not my ear, my wife's ear. And my wife said, "Oh, come on! You can go back in your room. You, that's not dirty. What are you talking about?" And well, that started it. it she felt like her room was dirty, and not just—you know—we we were not a, a clean household. You know, we we mm-hmm. we had dust bunnies galore. So that it and wasn't her, that, so. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that kind of dirt. It was dirty in her mind that it was not safe to be in her room. And the toughest part is her friend was still in the room and that just started a whole horrific journey i, I almost call it my journey through hell uh mm-hmm. of battles and and because it just you know it, it it was not easy she thought she had an obsession you know with obs- uh, OCD it's you have thoughts that go through your head they they loop and loop and loop and they're they're, they're very devastating thoughts hers were deadly thoughts if she didn't do a certain thing somebody could get hurt somebody might die and so she would have to wash her hands because she felt her hands were dirty she would take two hour uh two to four hour showers she would wash her hands for two three hours um and and battle you know and just two three in the morning just it, so anyway, it was it was a very rough time we've went through, and we're still going through it a little bit with my my youngest. She also has uh, OCD, not at the severity of the first child, but mm-hmm. uh, it was it was really brutal. It you know I I always say my wife and I probably came about you know two inches from divorce because it was so you know everything our life kind of folded up.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we didn't have, uh, we, we, we went to work if we, you know, as best we could, we yeah. we ate and we tried to sleep. Those were our three survival methods sure. and everything else kind of closed up. So I, I don't need to go too deep into that because it, it, it's a, it's a rough story, but through that, uh, and a lot of things that happened around it, like having myself having a heart attack, um, we we had to figure out what to do, where to go, where to, who to turn to, and it was it, there wasn't a lot of information. My wife had to do a lot of research, and she did. And I I pride her with that because she she did the research. She found out where to go, what to do, how to how to take it and do stuff and with she's it.
0: She's an occupational therapist.
1: Yes. Right? Yes. And I, I am my, my practice. What I do is an alternative practice called EFT or emotional freedom techniques. Most people know it as tapping, but it's a method for helping to bring down anxiety. And I was doing it as just for myself personally. I'd gone to a, a person, a, a coach that, that worked with that. Mm-hmm. And so when this happened, I started using it with our, my daughter and with my family. Um, And it was very successful. Plus, it wasn't the only thing we did. I mean, there was a, we did so many different things. And I I think that's one of the things that I see with, you know, dealing with special needs um, is that you're you're pulling for everything you can. Oh, maybe this will work. Maybe this miracle will be the next one that'll save them or change them. And along as you reach out to grab that thing, the money goes right out with it, you know, so. Uh, so we, we tried all kinds of things. And so oh,
0: when I've we were able there.
1: to get, get her through that, you know, OCD is not a curable thing. It's, it's a manageable thing. It And so when we got her to a manageable place, um, well, I, you know, after the heart attack, I, my business that I was doing fell apart, you know, really kind of fell apart. I kind of let it go. And I decided to go into a practice to help, at that time, I was really helping parents, individuals, and kids, um, and, and help, trying to help them get through some of the anxiety of, that was around this. Mm-hmm. And then, like I say, uh, over time, we decided, my wife, being an occupational therapist, she'd always wanted to kind of join in and do some work with me with this. So she, about a year and a half, maybe almost two years now, she she we started blending together and coming together. And of course, COVID kind of threw us off some. Oh, uh, so yeah. we're still we're still kind of building and putting it together. But you know, our, our our idea here is to be able to help other families that are going through that. You know, you know, we we want to be a, a resource for them to know that they can come to us and we can guide them instead of them having to do all the research, you know, and and we can help them bring down the anxiety, you know, one of the things why we call it Focus Healthy Family is because we realized, and I think you and I talked about this, that, you know, the person that's going through it, my daughter that was going through it, suffered tremendously. But also, the rest of us did too. The anxiety yes. in our, you know, I always say our the anxiety in our house was so thick, you could have cut it with a chainsaw, you know, it was mm-hmm. just that bad. And the other kids suffered too. Um, and I believe my youngest is going through the OCD a lot. And, and I don't want to put this blame on my daughter, but because of all of that, you know, she she was about a year, year and a half old when all this happened. And, you know, those nights when my daughter would bust into our our bedroom at two in the morning, jump up on our bed and scream bloody murder at us. She would wake up just all frightened and and, right. you know, and so I think it just led to her falling into the same thing, you know? So, um, that's totally get
0: that because as I shared with you, my youngest who was four years younger than my Elizabeth, um, has a lot of anxiety and OCD, although it's calming down now at age 20, but my Elizabeth's been gone seven years. And I feel like a lot of that early on anxiety came from being a sibling Mm -hmm. of a very sick, Profoundly disabled kid who was constantly in the hospital, constant medical crisis, all kinds of trauma, a lot of people through the house all the time, always trauma, drama, you know, crisis after crisis in the hospital, out of the hospital. A lot of times I'd be dragging Caroline with me to the hospital and yeah. I just feel like, how could you not be an anxious child living through all of that? <laughs> yeah. You have to yeah. be brain dead to not have anxiety after all of that.
1: Yeah. So, the, you know, her her OCD, my heart attack, my wife went through some serious depression. You know, she was in a car accident, kind of messed things up, not so much physically, but a lot emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I had open heart surgery two years ago, so our family has been through this road of, and, and, and I don't like, I almost sometimes don't like s- talking so much about it in the fact that I don't want to come across as some kind of, I don't want a pity party, but yes. I do like to talk about it. So to, to let p- other people know that you're not alone in this, that, you know, th- right. a lot of people are suffering in silence you, you know like us they their lives closed up they're afraid they can't go out we there were times my daughter got to a point where she got so thrown back in her in her therapy she went backwards big time and got stuck on the couch and couldn't touch us and we couldn't touch her and she couldn't touch anything and we went through about i guess about 8 months of that and so we, the things we had to do, and, and you know, as a parent, what's the toughest part, I get a little cracked up at this, but when your daughter stands in front of you, Daddy, I, wanna, I want this to stop. I, I, I want to kill myself. I don't want this to go on any longer. And you can't grab her and hold her and say, it's okay. You're okay. It's, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little, but this, that was the toughest thing that tore my heart apart so many times
0: and you just can't fix it and you can't
1: make it stop i I can't believe i mean 12 years later and i'm i still get very emotional about it but it was just so that was you know when it rips your heart apart it's hard to put back together sometimes
0: but i'm so if this doesn't sound condescending i don't mean it to but i'm so proud of you and gina because you found your way out yeah as a family you did and now you're sharing all of this with the rest of us which is so awesome so i know that you um you believe in uh something called conscious parenting so (laughs) can you talk about that a little bit
1: well yeah that i mean i have to credit gina probably more than myself not that i i I believe in it fully but gina's the one that has dragged me (laughs) pulled me along (laughs) in that process Cause I think from day one, from 23 years ago, when my first child was born, she said, I'm not gonna feed my child crap. I'm not gonna, you know, feed her, my, his mind in a way. I wanna do it naturally. You know, she was a La Leche League leader. She believed in breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be dangerous to say, but she, you know our kids slept in our bed, you know uh, so she just believed in in And we've always, we we really went down a road of consciousness, you know, being more, I'm going to say spiritual, not, not, not religious, but more spiritual Mm -hmm. and believing that, you know, uh, what we think and what we believe up here can really change our life and make our life and all that. So consciousness, this means, you know, Gina said when, when she, I, I asked her like, what one word would describe what you think? parenting is about and she said respect
0: and don't you think that that helped you when you were facing these problems though
1: well well like i said it was a it was a hard learning lesson because mm-hmm. when my first when i told you the story you know that for like that first night that that happened with my daughter and and consistent nights after that for quite a while you know it would be eleven thirty, twelve o'clock at night and she would go into a ballistic breakdown you know a meltdown Uh, uh, one night i I walked in a room and my pants leg touched her bed sheets and (sighs) she went ballistic she went you everything's got to be she went first she said everything has to be destroyed in here because it got dirty
0: Mm. and
1: then we you know it it came down then everything had to be bleached and then everything had to be washed you know it just went she just went off. I mean, she plastered herself up against the wall. And I said, no, you know, I put my hands in my hips. and I said, there's no damn way we're doing that tonight. It's 1130. Are you crazy? You know, that was what I called my military dad, which I'm not, I'm not military, but that was, mm-hmm. and that did not work. That led to a four hour battle where she went in and destroyed our bathroom because she had to wash and clean and, you know. So I learned, oh, I learned through through Gina, that you know one thing she would always say to me is to say, just remember that inside that little beast that's happening right now is your daughter who you love. So it made me think about how I had to approach her, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what we talk about communication. I had to talk differently to her. I could not go back at her like she was coming at me, and that because mm-hmm. all we did was climb the wall together. Mm-hmm. So communication and consciousness of understanding that this, she's still my daughter and that we have to be compassionate, firm, but compassionate in what we do.
0: Mm.
1: So I, I, I don't know if that really answered the question of it did. consciousness. It did. But-
0: Absolutely. I love that. So through all of this and through everything that you learned you decided to take all this personal experience and turn it around to help other families, which is so beautiful, so where was that turning point for you?
1: Well, I think you know it goes back to the heart attack you know it was it was my i always call it my two by four to the head you know because <laughs> you you if, when I was doing the 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 tapping work the e f t for myself. Yeah. I had this wonderful mentor. She was actually considered one of the um, um, masters of, of EFT. She helped develop the master's program for it. And she's actually lives like about 20 minutes from my house. But I, I went to her for counseling and and we went through this and she'd always say to me, you know, you, you'd really be good at at using this to help people. And, and uh, you know, yeah. and I said, yeah, yeah, someday, you know, I'll, yeah, you know. And I put it, I just kind of put it in the back of my mind and I'd get these little messages, you really need to change what you're doing. Cause what I was doing was was, was just really got to be monotonous. I got really bored with it. I you know, but I was doing it, it was a job, you know. Mm-hmm. And when the heart attack came, well, the 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 job kind of kind of fell apart, even I kind of let it too at the same time. Um and so I decided at that point that, you know. I wanted to do something that I was more passionate about, which you can see my passion there. It came out yes. today. Yes. Um, and so I just decided at that point that I was gonna do do it differently and try to help others in doing it. And so um that's that's kind of where it got started. And like I say, Gina's always had this passion. Uh, she's mm-hmm. always had passion for children. And I have too. I I you know, I, I can remember one i took a part time job one time at circuit city which is no longer around
0: <laughs> i know they're gone
1: <laughs> yeah and i was working there and i can remember one time this this dad came in he was carrying his, his little child that's how small this child was and the child was they were doing something or something and the child kind of smacked him in in you know in the face like kids do sometimes you know they'll just not not really knowing what they're doing, they'll sm- smack you or say, oh, be quiet or something, you know. And the father turned around and just smacked the heck out of him, said, don't you ever do that. And I thought my heart was going to oh. p- p- explode, you know. I wanted to go over and, and smack him the same way, in a way, oh. but i not, and I don't advocate that. I, don't, I didn't mean it, but I was just, it really, it took, it made me stand back. And, and I, it just, that, I think that's when the thought clicked in my mind that, I really, I want to help other kids that are, that, uh, and, and parents that are going through what they're going through. So that was and a long of, answer for a short question. I'm, no,
0: of course not. That turned into focused, healthy family as yeah. your business. Right. And yeah. so how does that work for people? What are you actually doing? What does that look like?
1: Well, like I said, we, you know, we understood that it was the family that needed as much attention. You know, the, the kids, the kids would get the the you know, they they'd have a therapist or a doctor that they would work with, but the rest of the family kind of left out of it, you know. Oh
0: yeah. I mean I, I told you my story about my my yeah. young daughter and
1: yeah, so we real we, we realized that how much the family needed to be kind of pulled back together you know, taken care of. So we kind of divide it into three different parts. The, the, the philosophy we go for is respect, collaboration, and consciousness. And my part is the conscious, one of my my bigger part of it is the consciousness part, working yes. with them, using the practice that I do, and EFT and some other things to naturally help them to bring, get out the baggage for the parents, calm the, you know, teach them methods to be able to calm the anxieties down, get because if we can get that clear then the next step we work on is communication
0: oh so important yes communication
1: and my wife uh has taken well we took a program based on a book called how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk and so Mm -hmm. we do a whole program around that itself and then my wife does um she she did some training in a um they call it a personality inventory. It's like it's based off a of Myers-Briggs concept, but it's developed for children uh, from ages, I think, eight to eighteen. Okay. And what we the reason we did that is we want the family to un, each to understand each other how how mm-hmm. how you take things in how you how you put things out and how you based on what. You know so they understand each other and can communicate with each other understand each other better so they they understand their their personality style Mm -hmm. you know so that i know when i'm talking you know the father knows when he's talking to one child they take things in this way so he probably needs to shape it in his communication and his thing acts that he does and all that to fit that style Yeah. So we're getting communication and and understanding each other. And then we work on kind of team building, playing games to show them how to interact and get along with each other and deal with each other. So it's kind of a, I guess, kind of a three-step based on those philosophies, uh, the respect and the collaboration and the consciousness.
0: So how have things changed in this past year with COVID and everything? Because... Uh. On my little anecdotal side of things in my practice, and we see a few hundred people a year, a few hundred families a year in our practice, you know, say 300, 400 cases a year, which is not small, but, you know, it's not huge either. I can tell you that I think the anxiety level is through the roof. What are you seeing as the professional's
1: well, I've, I've been kind of surprised that uh, we didn't do more than we did. Um, the, I think the problem is, you know, we don't take insurance. we our world is alternative, holistic, all of that, so we uh, don't take insurance. So, you know, and and money became an issue because a lot of people lost their jobs. So, I think that's why we didn't see as much influx to us. I but, see. But I I do, you know, anxiety is at an ultimate high you know, with this, you, even with, with the OCD that, oh, it was especially it was, with
0: you, the OCD. Oh my gosh. You know,
1: what really kind of, people don't understand OCD. They think it's organizational or it's, you know, neatness or something like that. And it's not, it's about anxiety. And one of the things when the COVID came on, people were saying, oh, you know, people with OCD should get this really easy and it, it should be, you know, they know what to do and all this stuff. No, it's not that at all. It actually re-triggered, you know, my youngest especially, it it kind of re-triggered things for her. Wow. And caused the hand-washing thing to go go kind of bizarre. Mm -hmm. Because she even, I think she one time saw a a video where they said they should be washing your hands for 20 minutes. I think the person got it wrong, you know, because I think it's really supposed to be 20 seconds really is, is some, something like 20 seconds to a minute. Something like that is the proper washing time. Mm. So that just that threw her off, you know?
0: So, yeah.
1: and that, and all I, the kids are home, I, you know, now. home, thing,
0: Yes. So my, my younger daughter got triggered too, and she was home for a year. And, uh, she, um, she had an episode and she was freaking out and all we could do I couldn't calm her down. So I basically had to pull out all the bleach and all the cleaning stuff. And we had to clean the kitchen from top to bottom. It was the only thing that would calm her down. And you know what? It was a small price to pay for her
1: to to
0: relax. You know, sometimes that's the only battle that you can, that's the only way to win the battle. And uh, I just, I just said, everybody's upset right now. This was early on in the crisis in the, in the pandemic. And I thought this, I, I just don't think that there's any way we're going to win this rational
1: fight. No, it it's you very know? tough, you know, and, and to be honest with you, what you were talking about with the bleach and doing that for your daughter with OCD, that's the, that's actually the worst thing you can do because it just feeds OCD big time because it, t- it tells OCD. Yeah. See, you're right. Everything is filthy, dirty, and, and <laughs> you should have cleaned. You, you did it, you know, so that's, uh, trust me, we've been down that road. on
0: me. But at a time when everybody was doing that and, oh yeah, no, I,
1: like and I didn't mean it as a judgment at
0: all. And no, yeah. I know I hear you, but like, there was just no getting around it. I mean, yeah. I tried everything. I yeah. just couldn't, couldn't figure out what else to do. You know, when you've got on the news, people are scrubbing down their cereal boxes and they're leaving their groceries in the garage for two weeks before they'll bring them inside the house. And yeah. I, I didn't know what to tell her. The world was going crazy. So, yeah. you know, no, Don it, it at was, that um, point, like, what do you do?
1: Yeah, it it was uh, it was not fun. We like I said, because of I think because of it is it, the resurgent for us has been tough and now we were homeschooling so being home was not a problem but i know a lot of the people we've worked with have told us that you know and we've worked with trying to help them too because you get on each other's nerves just just by itself let alone you know the covid thing or or the school thing or you know just being around each other 24 7 can be you know drive you kind of batty a little times you know
0: speaking of getting on each other's nerves how do you like working <laughs> with your wife
1: <laughs> it's it's I, I enjoy i enjoy it it's frustrating cuz she her she, her way of doing business is different than mine she she mm-hmm. sees it differently so we we we're, we're we're learning now you know how to we're using our communication skills so we yes. you know when, when something frustrates us we can tell each other which is good Um, it's frustrating at times but (laughs) I so enjoy it because when you when you get her going when you get her in the in the in you know once I get her on stage you know (laughs) as I um she she's a wealth of knowledge she she knows how to you know answer things you know and and She's my research person too, so Mm -hmm. that's you know she she has the knowledge. She has all she can name books that you know. Oh, you got that? You should read this, you know. Or you know, let me. There's this, and she she just she's really good. So, like I said, it's been a little tough because I you know I'm a you know we got to do this, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. You know, in a way, and and she's just like you know we'll get to it, we'll get it done. You know,
0: Uh, that's great.
1: So well, we we're, I, we're learning I to really balance.
0: Appreciate that. I've been working with my husband for ten years, and it's oh. almost ten years. And you're and still been, here.
1: <laughs> that's good.
0: <laughs> it gets better with time, and I love it. So
1: yeah, listen, I,
0: I can't believe it, but we're running out of time, and yeah. I really want to make sure, Don, that we leave our audience with some some good tips for dealing with the invisible disabilities, because that's what you all are just the experts at and so if you could just talk to us about what your tips are I would really appreciate that
1: sure and you know I think the the first one is that we really have to pay attention to the whole family yeah. that you know um like I, I think I told you you know a lot of times I'll have a client and they'll go you know I just really need you to work on my child fix my child and I I, I that's important but what they i think sometimes don't realize is that it's their a lot of time it's their own stuff their own baggage their way they handle things the way they communicate all of that that needs to change too Mm -hmm. and and we need to pay attention to the the parents a lot of times we try we work with the parents first trying to work Mm -hmm. with them to get their clarity in the mind and and all of that but also paying attention to the other kids because they're suffering a lot of times in silence.
0: I could not you know, agree more.
1: And, and yeah. know that their their stress level is off the chart too. Sometimes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so we have to you know pay attention to the child that has the the needs that the that's the issue.
0: We're going to do that anyway.
1: Yeah, but try you know it's and it's tough because they they demand your time sometimes sixty mm-hmm. sixty to ninety percent of your time.
0: There's no ignoring that.
1: Yeah. Uh, And then the other another point is taking care of yourself, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, and that that oxygen mask on yourself before the kids kind of thing is very important because you can we came this real close to burning out, you know, because it Mm -hmm. was just intense, intense stuff. So and then lastly is is asking for help. Because
0: very important,
1: we're so worried about that. You know, the other person that you're going to ask is an adult, and they can decide whether they want to do it or not. And that's their problem. If they, you know, if they don't want to do it, they should be able to say no. If they say yes, then, you know, you don't have to worry about that. But like, I I think we talked about, you know, a lot of times when you have a, 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 a mental disorder, I mean, I'll put it that way people tend to run away from it because they don't know how to, what mm-hmm. to ask, what to do, what, how can they don't want, they don't want to bother you. And we need that more than ever. We need help. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask and friends of people like that. Don't be afraid to call them up and say, Hey, is there something I can do for you?
0: Yeah, that's great. Because what is, what is the best way for people to connect with you?
1: Well, our our website is focused health focused with an ED focusedhealthyfamily.com. You can go there and find out a lot of information there. I have a podcast that's called the uh, it's called Invisible Wheelchair um and you can go to invisiblewheelchair.com.
0: And I'm um, going to be on it. So
1: Yes, yes, yeah, so take an episode together. Um,
0: yeah, so on about. the
1: site you can find information, you're welcome to contact us. Uh, check out the blog cuz it it deals with all anxiety and o- OCD anxiety issues and and even things that are around that so i've i've got doctors up there therapists uh i've interviewed all kinds of different uh, well and legal you know which will <laughs> be up there uh be up there probably in july so um but yeah the the reason it's called invisible wheelchair I just thought real quick mm-hmm. is to tell you i had a client one time a teenager that we we're in, in a session working on her anxiety, and as we were doing the tapping work, uh, she got she got really worked up and she just blurted out, "I wish these kids would see my invisible wheelchair. Then they'd know what's going on with me. They wouldn't bully me. They wouldn't tease me because they know what's going on up in my mind." And I just I was blown away with that. I that you know at, she was thirteen that she could come up with that kind of concept or yes. that thought. And then I thought about it as like how real that is. You know, if my daughter with all the stuff she went through, if anybody would have seen her at that time, which was hard to do, they wouldn't have known what was that the the torment and the, the stuff that was going on up here. That's you know. True. She, you yeah. know so it was invisible to anybody and, and you know they were suffering. So anyway, that uh, that's
0: wow. That just gave me goosebumps.
1: Yeah, it was it was really powerful. I I just was awestruck by that. And I mean we we were able to really help her out and, and get her to a better place. But that I'm so glad. Mm. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Well, Dawn, thank you so much. This was such a great interview. Thank you. And everybody go check out their website. And um, definitely check out the podcast, Invisible Wheelchair. And I am very excited that my episode will be on this summer. And Don, I really, really enjoyed meeting you. And I really hope to enjoy um, meeting Gina someday too.
1: <laughs> that would be cool. That would be great. So yeah, thank you. This was this was really great to talk and uh, and get my, my information out. Because like I said, I think if I can help one person be in a better place because of this, I think that's kind of a... goal too.
0: Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great afternoon. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.